Hello, I'm Ivan, and welcome to the Amberlight Public Speaking Podcast. This is episode six, and it's in defence of filler words. Now, before I start, I'm going to throw in my usual disclaimer. I do not claim to be an expert on public speaking or any of these issues, but I do have a little bit of experience, and I want to share my experiences with you. And I love to hear from other people. Probably one of the best places to get in touch with me about anything you hear in this podcast is via Twitter. Uh, the account to contact me on there is Amberlight App. So go to Twitter, look for Amberlight App, and get in touch with me there. This podcast doesn't have any sponsors. I'm not sponsored by Squarespace. I'm not sponsored by uh, those people who make underwear, whatever their name is. I basically make this podcast partly because I want to share my experiences, but also I make it because I have an app in the App Store that's available for iPad and iPhone. It's called Amberlight Speech Timer. And it gives you a way to time speeches at your debating club or Toastmasters club. It also allows you to time speeches when you're practicing at home or in the office. It's a really useful app that I'm incredibly proud of. I think it's top class, top notch, and it's pretty cheap. In Britain, it's £1.49. It will be something similar in your territory. So... Support this podcast and buy the app. Even if you don't think you'll use the app, at least if you buy it, it supports this podcast and encourages me to keep going at this. I love doing this podcast, but it's kind of difficult to do if I don't really know if anyone's enjoying it or liking it. So if you go out and buy the app, it lets me know that you appreciate what I'm doing. So please do that. I'll tell you more about how you can support this podcast at the end of this episode so listen up for that and um you know you, there's not just buying the app there's other things you can do as well which help me out but with all that said let's get straight on with the episode in episode one of this podcast i talked about filler words and some of the things you can do to reduce them here i want to talk about why i think some folk make too big a deal about filler words and why everyone should just chill out about them. A quick explanation for those of you not up to speed. Filler words are simply things like ah, uh, um, uh, or they may be phrases like you know what I mean, in it, right. You know how some people use right at the end of every sentence. I agree that excessive use of these can sound extremely unprofessional, in business contexts and can dilute the intended message. But I don't agree that everyone should seek to entirely eliminate them. And it's this argument for complete elimination that I take issue with in this episode. Let me tell you something about my experiences. When I first went to a Toastmasters meeting, I was horrified to hear that they had an R counter. Horrified. So much so, I nearly decided that I didn't want to join. For those who don't know, many Toastmaster clubs give someone the role of counting all the fillers that speakers make during the meeting. And after counting them, they stand up at the end of the meeting and tell people how many fillers they used. Why was I horrified? Well, 
it put me in mind of a moment in a British comedy show from the 90s called The Day Today. Let me play you a clip from it. So I just need to set this clip up for you. The background is that this is a mock documentary where an American business consultant is tasked with making the British staff in an office work better together. He basically does this by horribly bullying them all one by one. At this point, he started bullying Anthony, the office manager. Here's the clip. The team convene at 6am of the first day and are immediately disassembled. You know that you often say er instead of speaking. Did you know that? No. Has everyone else noticed this about Anthony? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Therefore, every time you say R, we're going to remind you that you're saying R by going R as well, okay? <laughs> Don't take it personal. Um, I'm, uh, the, uh, uh, I'm the... Uh, 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 I'm the... I'm the office... Uh, uh, I'm the office manager. Um, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm responsible for... Um, the, uh, the, 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 the... I'm the office manager. I'm... Uh, 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 yeah, all right, stop uh, it! Sounds pretty awful, doesn't it? And I can't help but feel that this concentration on fillers can sometimes feel a little bit like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is what folk at Toastmasters clubs do. In fact, I found people at Toastmasters clubs to be very welcoming and considerate and friendly. But it is what I immediately thought of when I heard of this practice at clubs. I still think of it every time an R counter goes up to speak. So why do I have such a problem with people like Toastmasters concentrating on filler words? Let me talk you through the three main problems I have with it. Problem one. It's outdated. There was a time in Britain, not that long ago, that if you stood up in front of an audience and you had a regional accent, it was felt that you shouldn't be taken seriously. Only people who spoke like the Queen or BBC newsreaders were to be taken seriously. However, over time, our attitudes changed as a society. This was because we became less happy with people in authority talking down to us, and we demanded they address us on our level. As a result, 20 to 30 years ago, we saw politicians, many of whom who have had hugely expensive educations, trying to get rid of their posh accents so they could sound more like the man or woman in the street. Today, we now see these politicians again, who've had hugely expensive educations where filler words were completely beaten out of them, now trying to put fillers back into their speech. It's extraordinary. But it happens because people have become tired of hearing politicians who sound like automatons. When people don't use fillers at all, it can sound a bit robotic and unnatural. And not only that, go and listen to many professionals in the media, such as PR and spokespeople. Listen to people in the habit of talking to the media for whom it is their job that they are paid to do and you'll notice that filler words are bound for many of them. Not all of them, granted, but many of them. They're simply not bothered about it. 
And clearly, neither are the journalists interviewing them or the employers who pay them. It seems increasingly to me that filler words have become an arcane concern. The total elimination of filler words belongs to a different era, when speakers had to speak differently and audiences had different expectations too. It's time to move on and relax about filler words. Problem two, it's arbitrary. A few weeks ago at my Toastmasters club, I was given a hard time for using filler words. Anyone listening to this podcast will not be surprised at that. But one of the fillers that I got called out for was using so at the beginning of a sentence. As far as I'm concerned, that is not a filler. Some say that it's grammatically incorrect to use so at the beginning of a sentence, but that's totally inaccurate. It is true that some people dislike so at the beginning of a sentence because, well, because they just do. In fact, I looked it up, and it does seem that this is one of those things that the older generation criticises the younger, younger generation for doing. This just sounds like a generational pet peeve to me, and rather than a serious concern about public speaking. This seems arbitrary to me. And of course, it's not as if there's an official agreed list of filler words which we can all refer to. And then... It gets even more arbitrary. Allow me to explain. I used to listen to a podcast, and one of the hosts, who, by the way, was an experienced radio host, used to start many of his observations with, isn't it interesting that? That's what he would say. Isn't it interesting that? And he used to drag out the interesting, just like that as well. He would use this all the time several times in a podcast, and I'd wager he uses it all the time in person too. This is clearly a filler. It's a redundant phrase. We'd expect what you're going to tell us is interesting, otherwise why would you open your mouth to say it? So you don't need to say that in advance. It's a filler because it buys the speaker time to collect their thoughts as they speak, and it contains no informational value. But what is interesting to me about that filler is this if this person had used the phrase two or three times in a speech at a toastmasters club i don't think anyone would have called them out on it what i'm saying is this it's not that you're not allowed to use fillers you're just not allowed to use well-known fillers if you use a made-up filler no one will notice once again that seems arbitrary to me So to summarise, people who take against filler words expect not just that you eliminate filler words, but that the list of fillers may well change in the future at a whim, but they probably won't notice if you make up your own fillers. This is crazy to me. How can we expect people to hit a moving target? For those making a genuine effort to improve, it starts to feel really unfair. Problem free. It's unhelpful. I think many of those who take against filler words underestimate the scale of the problem in eliminating them. It's not easy. They're not just something you say, they become something you think. 
I know it sounds weird, but I have filler words in my thoughts. They become so ingrained that simply saying to someone, just stop using filler words, is a bit like saying, just change your eye colour. Not only that, but it's become increasingly recognised that filler words are very often a kind of punctuation. They're not an unwelcome intrusion into what we're saying. They're as much a part of what we're saying as full stops and exclamation marks. To remove them strips back what is said. Worst of all, I think that filler words are exacerbated sometimes by nervousness and particularly feelings of self-consciousness. If you want someone to use fewer fillers, then let them feel comfortable and relaxed. It's hardly relaxing or comforting to know that someone is counting every single filler word you use or is going to call you out on it. This seems really counterproductive to me. Advice. So what can we do about this in our Toastmasters clubs and public speaking clubs? What can speaking coaches do to change the way they deal with this issue? Here I have some advice on how to criticise the use of filler words, but to do so in a more constructive way. Firstly, don't just criticise people for using filler words because you think other people don't like filler words. Only criticise people for filler words if you genuinely found them distracting or annoying. Never say that other people wouldn't like it or that it's the convention to get rid of them. Own the criticism and say with honesty that you felt there were too many fillers. This is much more useful feedback for the person using fillers. Secondly, avoid criticising someone for fillers if there's a clear cause of the fillers. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If someone talks quickly and that leads to them using a lot of fillers, which is very often the case, forget about mentioning the fillers at all and just focus on the speed, advising them to slow down. In all likelihood, the slowing in tempo will reduce their fillers. Another example may be that they're clearly anxious and that's why they're using fillers. Again, forget the fillers and just recommend how they might look and feel more relaxed. Thirdly, don't overwhelm the filler user with criticism and advice. As with any advice, keep it realistic. Give them one small thing they can work on, and always with the goal of reducing fillers, not eliminating fillers. Finally, recognise any improvement and congratulate them. Reducing filler words is a really hard thing to do, so recognise the efforts they've made as an achievement in and of itself. So that's nearly the end of the episode. I hope you found my little diatribe today useful or illuminating. It's clearly something that I f have a personal connection with and I feel quite strongly about, and I hope that my view has maybe changed your thinking about filler words and that you find it an interesting discussion point. If you did find it interesting and you want to discuss it with me, then get in touch with me on Twitter, which is probably the best way to get in contact. The account there is Amberlight App.
on Twitter. But there is also a page on Google Plus if you look up Amberlight app there, and also on Facebook there is a page as well. If you look it up, you should be able to find it. And having said that, while you're there at Twitter or Facebook or Google Plus, do like the pages, do retweet them to your friends, do let other people know. Getting the word out there about this podcast and about this app really, really helps me out. And if you haven't got money to spend, that is one of the easiest ways that you can help me. And I really, really appreciate it every time someone retweets or or likes my page i it it just fills me with pride it really does it genuinely does so please do that if you can um alternatively there is a patreon page for this podcast and with patreon you can pay per episode so you can say you want to pay a dollar per episode or something like that alternatively you know, recommend the app to your friends it is a really good app you might not have an iphone you might not have an ipad but you might know someone who you do public speaking with who would appreciate knowing about the app. So do recommend it to your friends. Do tell other people about it. That really helps me out too. And I promise you they won't be disappointed with the app. So that just about wraps it up for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I look forward to speaking to you again next time in the next episode. All the best. Take care. Bye.